You are tuned in to another episode of Is This Music with Shelby Jacobson. Today I have a very special guest on the pod, Matt Littlejohn. He is a front of house sound engineer, a tour manager, production manager, and honestly has a billion other titles that I won't get into now. But he has worked with an endless list of incredible bands and musicians throughout the years. I met Matt a few years ago through touring with a few of those bands and also through the generous and beautiful friend group that we share here in Los Angeles. He is overall one of the most lively and positive people in my life and a truly special human being with many stories to share. I'm fascinated by the years of his youth and I'm thankful that he came in and shared a little bit with me today on the pod. There definitely should be a part two of his story at some point because we talked for about an hour and some change, but uh, I feel like we only kind of got into a little bit of how much he could talk about. But his song choices are amazing, and we definitely get into some good stuff. So thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Is that, is that really how we're going to start this? Is hello. <laughs> I, I just greeted you at the door. Um, who is it? Uh, this is a podcast called Is This Music? Um, and my name is Shelby. Um, we are here with my dear friend, yes. Matt Littlejohn. It is uh, the beginning of September at high noon. Um, uh, yeah. It's piping hot outside. And um, Matt, thank you for being here with me in my really hot house. I am really happy to be here. I appreciate the fan and the wicker chair that you've given me yes, so that my, my back is fully cool. Extremely comfortable. I don't know way. if you've noticed, but me and Noodles are now best friends. Yes, just one one or two barks and she's literally <laughs> at your feet, I think. Okay, Matt. Yes. How do we know each other? Uh, I believe we met... Well, it had to have been either through the OCs or through Ty. Yes. I feel like just our, our nebulous, amazing friend group has us all kind of connected with each other. Yes. And we're always at the same places. I mean, I'm sure that applies to any friend group that does anything, but ours feels very interconnected and we all participate in each other's creative endeavors and Definitely. all that stuff. And um, I can't even... It makes me sad that I don't remember the exact time that I met you, but... Um, Touring, we've yes. gone on tour together. Yes, we have. Damn, what a trip! <laughs> uh, I would say what three years? I would say a little bit more. Yeah, I yep. don't know. Let's. That's a good number to throw out. Let's say four. Let's say four, but really mean three. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, Matt Little John is a the legend of Los Angeles and beyond that. I think. Um, he is a f- the front of house sound for a, a many a band, a production manager, tour manager. You've done a million different jobs in the music world, and I think beyond that, which I can't wait to talk about that. Let's see what you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little bit. Um, <laughs> he, he's toured with t- the OCs, Ty Siegel, White Fence, Yeah, Yeah, Yes, Grizzly Bear, Major Laser, Subtract, TV on the Radio. Dirty projectors. Um, can I say the monkeys? You can't say the monkeys. I, I don't know why you didn't remember that one. <laughs> you didn't mention it, so I was like, no, 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 no. I'll bleep it out, but. Um, I was trying to, like, uh, send 
um, messages through my pre-show interview. Yes. So I'm hoping that you picked up on some of it because I left some big Easter eggs out there for you. Yeah. Well, I, I there was one that we recently just talked about, but that one might be a uh, as episode two. Okay. Extra, <laughs> so that basically is about it. <laughs> so that wraps that up. <laughs> Adore Matt Little John. We have become very good friends in the what five years we said. Yeah, I think six years at this point. <laughs> yes. um, he's so wonderful and such a positive human being to be around, and so fun. And we always we have a good time. We have a good time. So naturally, I wanted to pick his brain about what he likes to listen to and his journey through the music world because it's so vast and all over the place it's really exciting that I get to pick your brain today yeah I mean I know you through touring I know that that's kind of your full-time thing other than when you are home in Los Angeles mm -hmm. you are front of house sound for a lot of cool and poppin I said poppin poppin <laughs> big poppin <laughs> big poppin venues and, and cool bands that want to work with you what other jobs have gone by the wayside that I, I know of one that I want to ask you about. But well, just ask it. like cause, uh, Through us traveling together one time, you mentioned that in the past you were a swim coach. I was. Which I think is so fascinating, and I can totally see you killing it at that job and being a really positive, supportive coach. Um, I think that being a swim coach, I was a swim coach from 18 until I was 27. Cool. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, I coached... Uh, mainly in uh, the Bay Area, but I also coached a weird team in New York when I first got there. Really? Yeah. Because you grew up in the Bay. I grew up in Walnut Creek in the Bay, mm -hmm. and swimming was like the thing. And in fact, like, the what's funny with, with the list that I gave you is like, I, I gave you a list of songs mm -hmm. that kind of bring, it was like the beginning of my life. Well, cool. I kind of picked up on that. Oh, um, just because I thought it was it was interesting. Like I, you know, like the music that I listen to right now. Like I listen to a lot of classical music. I listen mm -hmm. to a lot of jazz. But that's just because I'm kind of inundated by rock and roll mm -hmm. all the time. Totally, you gotta get out. And of <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like um, educated enough in the stuff that I listen to right now. Like, mm -hmm. do I really understand? Oh, I don't know. I, I like what I like. Yeah. But I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, the blasts from the past. I know. I'm really, really excited about. <laughs> um, so but the swim coaching thing, uh, I think, really, really prepared me for what I do right now. Cool. And it has a lot to do with teamwork. Uh -huh. And being able to talk to people, being able to find like the silver lining in, in like real rough situations. Yeah, so true. <laughs> um, and being able to uh, encourage people to do their best. I mean, that's like what a coach really does. And I feel like that's kind of what like a good tour manager does, what mm -hmm. a good sound person does, what a good crew does. Mm -hmm. so everybody kind of works together to make something special. Oh my God. That's why I love you so much because I'm tearing up. <laughs> God, it's so sweet. And it's so true. That is such like a, a perfect anecdote about how to get people to be stoked on what they're doing and lift people up all the time, which you totally do. You're such a positive human being. And it totally rules. <clears throat> but when did you start touring with bands? Um, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead too much. So no, 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 uh, not at all. Uh, I started in the Bay Area working at a sound company. 
And I needed to leave the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and I wound up moving to New York. What year-ish was that? This is 1999. I remember it well. Yeah, it was a great year. <laughs> this is 99. And I get to New York, and it, this happens to be the second time that I had moved there. That's a whole other mm-hmm. That's a whole other pod. That's an extra accent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that, that bonus content. That's when we switched it to. Um... <laughs> So I get to New York and um, I find a job. A friend of mine gets me a job with another sound company. Mm-hmm. And I really think I know what I'm doing. Like, I feel like, oh, yeah, sound guy. I really know what I'm doing. And uh, I go to this coffee shop every day to get a cup of coffee before I go to work. And it so happened at the time, Kip Malone from TV on the radio was working in this coffee shop. Amazing. And they were just starting. This is the very beginning of TV on the radio. This is right after Tunde and Siddick were doing the um, the infamous uh, what are they called uh, uh, briefcase shows. Mm. So they used to do these shows at like the Stinger Club and different places around Williamsburg oh. um, with just a briefcase and some Line Six pedals. That's sick. And uh, they had brought Kip in. They were doing a residency at Trash Bar. I was having a cup of coffee, and Kip says to me, hey, we're having a lot of problems with the sound. Can you come in and help? Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come in. And then we're here today. <laughs> but then, no, I started with them. We started in uh, going around New York. And then, it's funny, the Yeah took us out on our first tour, and I had never mixed anything outside of like a corporate event or like a bar mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden we're with the yeah yeah yes <laughs> this is like fever to tell yeah this is big yeah that's big, a crucial time some, some big time stuff going on mm-hmm. and um and then i realized i have no idea what i'm doing and then you know just slowly picked away at it from there dude I could totally resonate with that, and not in that level, but you just saw me play my first show, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I just blacked out. I feel like I'm stressed. You just got to wing it until, and nobody noticed that I didn't know what I was doing. I, I see the, yeah. Well, like, yes, the fake until you make it kind of works yes. uh, in, these, it, in, in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, it goes back to attitude. You have an amazing attitude. Like, you're not a bummer person. Um, Thank you. And the other thing. The other thing is, um, like what I told you, like before when we talked the night before the show, is like, well, give me some advice, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, everything's gonna break. You're not gonna be able to hear yourself. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the worst thing ever. And you, you kind of laugh at that, but then you think, well, like, yeah, what yeah, is the worst thing that actually that happened? happened? Yeah. <laughs> true it actually kind of calmed me down when you're like okay ask yourself what is literally the worst possible thing your brain could imagine right now happening and then just be like it's that's not gonna happen and you'll be fine yeah or it will be fine still even if that horrific catastrophic event happens which totally but it was so true i was like i don't even know how far my brain can project into darkness but even the stuff i made up was not possible right (laughs) But yeah, that's very true. It's kind of it's kind of amazing, like fake it till you make it. But if you have a really good positive attitude and people want you around, you'll get there no matter what. Yeah, 
It's yeah. cool. If it's what you want. Yeah. If you, you try. Have, you, you have to you have to be 100%. Because people can see right yeah. through that. Like, if you're not 100% about something and you're struggling with it, people are going to kind of, you're going to yeah. be like, all right, this see you later. This isn't for you. Right. They but want if, you to get on the right path. Exactly. Most people in this world want you on the path you want to be on. Yeah. I feel that way. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. That's an amazing way to just jump in. Yeah. And what's great is like a, a lot of the people that I worked with in the, in the beginning are still out there. And so these are people that I've known now for 20 plus years mm-hmm. and we all see each other. We could, we could meet with my friend Hardly. We're just at Primavera and we've sat out in front of the, the hotel drinking coffee and talking about the old days mm-hmm. and how much, how far we've come and, and how much we didn't know. I got a, I got away with. Yeah. It's super. It's, yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> Have you ever played music of your own or had any projects like that in some capacity? Um. Well, the reason why I don't play music, music, mm-hmm. is it has a lot to do with being a kid of the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to be in the jazz band at school. Cool. I really, really wanted to be in what the was jazz your, band. Your I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a trumpet player. Sick. I wanted to be a jazz guy. Uh, I, like I really did. Like kind of took the whole thing up. My neighbors were real jazz people. Mm-hmm. And so and I looked up to them and I was just like, I wanna be a jazz guy. Dude, jazz guys are <laughs> infinitely cool. They got the glasses inside, sunglasses yeah. inside. Like a, a fedora for real. Yeah, the, the cool one. <laughs> Fedoraforreal.com. I love that. But the music teacher is like, there is no way you will ever learn how to play music and you are wasting my time and Whoa. told my parents that. What the fuck? And, well, because that's, it was kind of cut and dry back in the 70s. People did massage, and I was a, I don't know if you can tell, but I was a hyperactive kid. <laughs> Maybe that's why we get along. Really well. <laughs> I would be like whatever, they, whatever you know, AD, HD. Mm-hmm. I probably was that. I probably still am that. <laughs> um, but it never got diagnosed. Diagnosed. <laughs> Uh, or it did, or it just didn't exist yet. Yeah, and well, you so, use it to your advantage. So I've kind of struggled my way through that. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. That um, going back to like you becoming a swim coach and that whole thing about like uplifting people and ha- being a positive, like positive reinforcement kind of personality instead of like don't waste my time, like you don't have it. Right. It's so, like polar opposites. I wonder if that kind of like was in your brain growing up of how to like not treat people when they're trying. I don't know. I'm not trying to no, like... No, like I, I never put that together and it might... Because it, it, per- it, was, it, was, uh, it was pretty traumatic. Yeah. And I think... I'm not necessarily, oh God, I don't want this to come off wrong. It's okay. Not necessarily like the the teacher, because that's how teachers were then. Yeah. It was rough. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like my folks kind of went with the teacher yeah. mm-hmm. instead of like trying to push this mm-hmm. musical thing. Because I didn't come from like a family with musicians. Music wasn't a very big deal in my house growing yeah, up. Like same. the records were like, uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass and like uh, Carol King and mm-hmm. like Billy Joel and like 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 yeah, music wasn't a big thing yeah. in my house, but it was a big thing to me. Like I really wanted to have something to do with it. Yeah, 
I'm, I was going to ask, actually, in my very professional notes that I have on my computer, um, what do you have, like, a moment in your head from when you were a kid where you just something, a moment where you were like, holy shit, what is this? Um, and you were hooked for life. You know, we all have those little yeah, things. Yeah, like... It's hard to peg a specific it's real, moment. Like I, like, I could name a song yeah. that I know that I got from my parents' record collection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... I can't... It's called like Tommy Gun. Do you remember? You know what the theme of? I can't. Do you know what I'm talking? Yes, I I know that it's like a very popular, but I can't. I can't think of what the real name of it is. But so like I remember like we always had a stereo, so I would put on that record and I would go crazy because it was huge. It was huge brass crazy thing, and I thought it was like the coolest. And I think that was kind of like. But put me in that direction. Mm-hmm. I do remember after I wasn't like you're not going to be in the band. all right. You're not going to be in the band. Shit. That I started getting involved in taking uh, stereos apart and cool. uh, and like making tapes with uh, records and stuff like that. I got mm. really into that cool. as like a 10, 11, 12 year that old. That is so. I was really into the. I love the radio. I still do. I have a huge thing for radio. I have a huge thing for talk radio, especially like really weird, like coast to coast AM, mm-hmm. that like conspiracy, <laughs> uh, late night radio, late night talk like, radio. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> there's something there. There's a, like a timbre in the voice. There's the way that everything sounds that I think is spookier than any scary movie. I kind of feel you. <laughs> you, know, if you like, accidentally skim on that on the radio driving late at night. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah, what? like, what? Yeah. Am I strong enough to handle this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What in the info wars yeah. shit is this? Um, yeah, I'm I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. But after you, uh, for a lack of a better word, got kicked out of the jazz right. universe right. in your youth, which is not fair or cool, but what kept you pushing forward and like continuing your search elsewhere? Um, all right, so now you go two more neighbors down mm-hmm. and you get to Paul Payne. And Paul Payne is a full-blown Hessian. Oh, he sounds like a wrestler to me. <laughs> Uh, full, like, full-blown Hessian dude. Sick. Like, drove the little Toyota truck, black Toyota truck with the, do you remember the, the bed, the, the bed would be covered? Mm-hmm. And he'd have a, a stereo back there with, mm-hmm. a, like, car, like a carpet kit. Damn, I think it was, it was, like, nice. it was a big deal. And he was really into metal. And probably, now I'm 11, I think? We're in the 80s. Late yeah, 80s? 84. Oh, this is gonna go perfect right into what I what I wanted. This, this is really we're going well. Right, so I was <laughs> I was so I'd go over there and he'd play me like Deep Purple, April Wine, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Exodus. We were re- we lived close to where Y and T came from, so we listened to a lot of Y and T. Uh, early Metallica, but he was more of a traditionalist, so like. <laughs> Uh, he wasn't quite there yet, uh-huh. and so like I was like, "Oh, this is cool," but I I always thought of those guys as being kind of rough. Uh-huh. I was I was kind of intimidated by that whole scene. Like I was convinced everybody was on drugs. Yeah. 
But it didn't probably know what drugs. <laughs> but yeah, probably was. Didn't know what drugs were. Yeah. Or anything. Like, There's just this looming dark cloud yeah. around this community. But I'm intrigued, but I'm also scared. <laughs> I was scared. That's yeah. the right word. I was yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, am I gonna become a Satan worshiper yeah, exactly. or something like that? Um, if I had that feeling too. <laughs> I mean, the I remember a record that scared the hell out of me was uh, I think it's. A Diary of a Madman, the uh, Ozzy cover. Oh, yeah. Like, that scared me to death. Uh, <laughs> Did your Hesher friend have it? Yeah, he had, okay. all the, he had all the... Paul Payne? Paul Payne. How is his last name Payne? That is so cool. I have... <laughs> also, not, that's pretty scary. <laughs> You're right. I'm going to Paul yeah. Payne's I'm house. I'm going to Dr. Payne's house. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what was... Sorry to totally steer off track, but uh-huh. did you go to shows at this point? Were you too young or did somebody I'm still take... too young. Okay. I'm still a little too young. So he was just showing you some metal. You were dabbling. You're dipping your toe in some other kind yeah, of Yeah, I'm like, I'm literally going from... Jazz. Jazz. jazz Carol King to Iron Maiden. Harsh turn. That's kind of like what all, I feel like what growing up is. You're like, cool, my dad listens to Carol King. Right. And then I'm, I'm going out, I go outside one time and somebody's blasting Metallica. And then you're like, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm off. Yeah. I'm a head out. I'm head out. So from there. Okay. This is. I don't mean to keep interrupting. No, you. no. So this is, this is where, um. Where my song parts okay. uh, kind of come in. Okay, so this is this is gonna grab everything. This okay, is, this great. Is a, this is a big grab right here. Love it. So I was friends with Paul Payne across the street away. from me, mm-hmm. uh, and I live in a little cul-de-sac in a little little part of Walnut Creek that mm-hmm. has this lake. Okay, it's about as idyllic as it gets. Cute. And across the street from me was Mike Bruns. Mike Bruns was a skater. Yes. My friends was a very good skater. Yes. So I so I was hanging with Paul Payne, and then I hung, hung, because now it wasn't just music; it was skateboarding. How old were you here? A uh, same. This is same still time. 10, okay. 11 years old. Sick. Okay. But I I probably started skating with Mike when I was eight. But like the age difference was pretty drastic. I think it's seven years or something like that. That is very cute that Dr. Payne was hanging out with you when you were eight. So then, so started skating and stuff Mm -hmm. there. Now, being friends with these two guys now meant I could go down to the bus stop uh, where all the older kids hung out. Dude, you got the in. I had a huge in. That is so cool. And that from, (laughs) from there... So high I made friends with almost everybody in the neighborhood. And that was Joel Barron, the Austin brothers, uh, the Hanson brothers. Sorry? Uh, <laughs> and these were like, I was a generation in between two generations of kids in the neighborhood. I had the generation behind me who I will become friends with in about four years because we're all in school together. Mm-hmm. And I have the generation that's ahead of me quite a bit mm-hmm. and I made friends with them everybody all the kids that were younger than me were totally scared of the bus stop I wasn't I would cruise down there what happened at the bus stop they would drink smoke cigarettes uh, ride BMX bikes Sick. and skate would they listen to devil worshipping music and they would listen to devil wor- no so this is where <laughs> the, they would listen to devil worshipping music <laughs> then that group was 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 split up into two groups uh, that was the punks 
Mm-hmm. And the metal guys. Mm-hmm. And this is back when everybody could kind of get along. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, was this the time where everyone hated each other? And they no, like, talk? Like, like everybody kind of got along. Mm-hmm. But the metal people were a lot older than the punks. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this is 85. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm on the swim team. A lot of the punks are on the swim team. And I'm hanging out all the time. Sick. And <laughs> that's when I am played... Of the Dead Kennedys record, God We Trust Incorporated, the EP. Woo! And I hear the song, Nazi Punks. Yes, dude. It's the first time I ever hear, fuck off. (laughs) And your life changed. And my life changed. (laughs) You know, like, uh, Jello's voice. I almost got it there. (laughs) Jello's voice. And uh, the word fuck. (laughs) <laughs> really did something for me Amazing. at that age. I really didn't have any idea what they were talking about. In fact, I had no idea what they were talking about. California Uberalis is on that mm-hmm. record. And I think they're talking, I think they talk about on that version, it's a Jerry Brown reference or it's a Ronald Reagan reference. I can't remember. But yeah. like a lot of Ronald Reagan references where you're like young and you're like, fuck this guy. Everyone hates this guy. I don't know why. But I remember how <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know who any of these people yeah, are, but, but this is happening. Yes, amazing. I love it. That rules. And so Joel Barron had a full-blown mohawk. Amazing. And Liz Clancy was, I think, what would be considered now a white goth. Okay. But was as punk as you could imagine. Rode a Vespa, rolled, um, rolled her own cigarettes. She's just uh, the, the coolest of the all time. Cool. So, like, I looked at those people, and I was like, whoa, these are even, mm-hmm. this is even cooler. As a, like, a little person. Yeah. And I remember this stuff very clearly, and being like, okay, well, I've got to incorporate some of this into my life. Wow. And I bought God Be Trust Incorporated. Okay. Well, that is your first song that you brought in today. Yes. So we've reached num- song number one, and let's play it. From 1981, Dead Kennedys, Nazi punks. Fuck off! changed my life too that i was so hyped when i saw that you brought it in (laughs) um i remember buying that record at amoeba my mom would take my brother and i there like once or twice a month which is so nice of her um and i remember looking at the album cover and i knew that like i knew that i needed it because i was definitely knew about dead kennedys but my dad sorry he's probably not ever gonna listen but 
if I he would look at everything that I would bring home from Amoeba yeah and judge whether or not I could listen to it or not funny so I had to like I think I like put it in my back of my jeans or something or I like snuck up to go up to my room and then put it under my bed basically I learned how to lie early on <laughs> um, but I got it I got I got because the, the front of the record was uh, a cross yes <laughs> And the back of the record is like a clan rally. Yeah, like literally it is like the gnarliest. Did your parents like care about stuff like that? Did, when you brought um, stuff home? No. Well, they would talk, like we'd have to talk about it, but mm-hmm. they didn't care. Like I used to, I remember going to church, listening to Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. And my, and my mom not saying anything about that. And I think it was because she was like that smart. Like, if she said something, then it was going to turn into something. Of course. Instead yeah. of, like, being like, well, this week he listens to devil music when yeah. we go to church. Luckily, at church, he'll be able to say sorry, and we can move on from this. Yes. <laughs> she had the foresight. So, I love like, that. yeah. Like, uh, That's good parenting. <laughs> I mean, with, I think with music, yeah, I think I think censoring music is, is not the best thing to do for kids i think Mm -hmm. you kind of just let them yeah if you censor it i feel like it automatically makes them want to want it more and be more curious about it yeah and maybe go into the into it for the rock like yeah i was surrounded by devil music (laughs) (laughs) and drugs and people that are a lot older than me Mm -hmm. and they never worried about that Mm -hmm. And in fact, like none of that time did I ever really get into trouble or worship the devil. Yeah, because you were just happy and excited about what you were being exposed to. Exactly. It wasn't like ill-intentioned. Or no, not, not... It was not, just excitement yeah. and pure joy. And I think if I was hiding things... Yeah, then it would it become been, a guilty th- thing. It would have been different. Totally. Yeah. That's very true. Um, well, so we've moved on from... We've just heard Dead Kennedys... You're hanging out with the punks. You're hanging out with the skaters and right. the metalheads. You're kind of young still. Yes. Well, now, so now I'm forming my own mm-hmm. thing. And what the the biggest thing in California at that time mm-hmm. is funk punk. Mm-hmm. Like it is huge. <laughs> do you think in the part of town, like the area you lived too, or do you all of you, everyone? I think was, the whole, I think the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out with Red Hot Chili Peppers, Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. with True Bid, Don't Kill Coyotes. And everybody saw that video and saw, like, the crazy lifestyle, mm-hmm. and people emulated that. I mean, there was tons of bands that emulated it. Yeah. That I remember now, yes, now I'm going to shows. Mm-hmm. So let's push forward yeah, to about... a couple years. 14. Okay. You're, like, a freshman in high school. No, this has got. This is even later. This is. This is. This is. It says this record came out in 1989. Yeah, 89, which means I am a sophomore, and I just got. I'm 16. Okay. I know I'm 16. Okay, for sure. You're 16. You're sophomore in high school. And I have the most beautiful girlfriend in the world. She is six feet tall, blonde, blonde, like crazy. Cool. And we're both totally into Primus. <laughs> <laughs> and I this, totally wasn't expecting and, that. <laughs> and we go to the show 
Primus. Primus at the war field. Primus is now turning into a huge Was Primus bitch. at their, like, heyday at this point? No, because in, in, like, two more years, they're going to headline Lollapalooza. Okay. I think. Gotcha. Of, this is Frizzle Fry. This is right after Suck On This came out. This is Frizzle Fry. Okay. <laughs> and we go to the show at the war field, and they play Herald of the Rocks, and we hold hands through the whole song. Cute. And I was like, this is it. This is this is my life now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to marry this woman. Like, oh, literally. I'm yeah. going to marry this woman. Probably go to shows for yeah. the rest of my life. Maybe have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of my life. And we'll just live here and go to shows. Yeah. And we'll be happy. And we'll be happy. <laughs> that's so pure and true. I rem- That's so beautiful. I just love that it's at a Primus show where you're just, like, hearing that slapping bass and, like... The cadence of uh, Les Claypool's voice just like... <laughs> I, I think we're shouting along. Yeah, amazing. Like, no, all... Thrashing I, around yeah, with your hands yeah. still tucked, like just sweating. sweating. <laughs> sweating, but you're not letting go Never going to let go. Not of you. Not of you. That is so sweet. Um, well, let's play the song. So all you right. can envision Matt in the... Just peeking <laughs> at the Primus show with his love of his life. Uh, this is Herald of the Rocks, Primus, 1989. Frizzle Fry. Frizzle Fry, there you go. Let's play it. It was a Bring a friend. His name is Harold. Thank you. 
the last I've seen of Harold. transition from Primus to this next I'm going to push forward in time. Yeah, I know. I just can't wait to hear. This story is so engaging to me. I'm so excited right now. I'm like, can we film this and do a documentary? Um, okay, so So, 1991 I left high school mm-hmm. and that was the I You said bye to Paul Payne. Paul Payne's long. I don't even know what's happening to Paul Payne anymore. <laughs> okay, I'll find him on Facebook. Paul Payne's like, like, yeah, ten years removed at yeah. this point. Okay. Um, oh my God, I didn't. You want to get really revealing? Of course. Okay, so I didn't realize this, mm-hmm. but I realize this now. Okay. Like I'm what's having that? a huge. Oh my God. Huge thing happening to me right now. Okay, you good? Do you need some more water? No, I'm alright. Okay. So. <laughs> in nineteen. 19- 90, so 89, we're at the Primus, we're in, con, yeah. we're in Primus era, I'm with Heidi, mm-hmm. the she's summer, six tall. the summer, she's six feet tall, it's the summer of 90, oh, she sleeps with my best friend. Oh, and you, have you ever been able to listen to Primus the same? Oh no, I don't care about that, <laughs> but I am hurt. Of course. I am hurt, That's and I'm going into my senior year. And I drop out of high school and I go to junior college at DBC. And now I am trying to break away from what would my high school grow up friends mm-hmm. to what are going to be my new friend base. Mm-hmm. You're, you're new chaptering right now. Yes. You're loving But I'm up. still on the swim team. This is my last year of competitive swimming that I'm going to do, which I started when I was seven years old. Interesting. And so I swam on the DVC swim team, and I was just pissed. The whole, I was pissed kind of you the whole... You were raging in I was the water. Kind of, I was kind of raging in the water. Raging waters was, was started I was, you. Yeah, that's what started the Water Supply Company. <laughs> in your giant fortune, <laughs> you started raging waters. And uh, so I'm like, 
starting to move away, starting to move away from the whole swimming world mm-hmm. and kind of moving into this whole art world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like really into writing poetry. Amazing. I'm going into San Francisco to poetry reading. Oh my God, I wish um, I could have seen that. <laughs> I'm hanging out at City Lights Books and yes. Cafe Vesuvio, thinking that I am going to be a beat poet. Yes, and you're still you're you're channeling that jazz energy. <laughs> I read. Yes, the jazz energy is coming back. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um. Can I see photos of this era? I'll have to find some. Please, I'm dying. Oh. Hey, you. I need it. I, I think I have one. I'll look for it in a second. And your poetry. Can I access that somehow? That is... that. I just... I oh, vaulting. my God. I just found my mom saved all those books. Amazing. And I found a, I found a whole thing of my life. Oh, my God. So... So cool. This one guy from high school is like... Have you ever been to a rave before? You're like, what is that? And I was like, what are you talking about? You mean like the thing that was on like 90210? Like like that? Like, yeah. what are you talking? I don't know. No, no, no. And he brings me to this thing and I am blown away by it. I'm like, what the A new f-? level of scare. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? This is amazing. Yes. And in SF. In SF. And at the time, like, that is, these underground parties were the happening thing. Oh, fuck yeah, they were. It was crazy. And In, like, mid-early 90s? We're, early This 90s. is, uh, that was 91, so that's, uh... The prime time. 92. That's probably, that's probably 92. So 91 finished the swimming, 92, like, and over Heidi, and now moving on to these new friends and the poetry, like, that poetry is all 91, and then these guys are like, come to this party. Yes. Yes, and I go. This is the chapter I've been wanting to talk about. <laughs> yes. And I go, and I get really, really into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. And it's so tribal. <laughs> I used to say words like that. This is so tribal. <laughs> As a poet, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> if I said that, it would not work. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the dance. And like, mm-hmm. oh, the release and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but as you get more and more advanced in the scene, mm-hmm. like you go to stranger and stranger and stranger events. Uh-huh. And by advancing, does that mean you just kind of get acclimated with, you find your crew and then you get invited to things or how do you advance in this? Yeah, yeah no, kind of exactly. Like, and then you're like, oh, like raves are for kids. I'm into like these after parties. Mm-hmm. You, like... I'm really into the after. You level up a little bit. Yeah. You go later into the night. So I like I started going out. Are you still in your teens? Sorry. No, I, you like I'm 19? twenty. I'm oh. nineteen or twenty. Okay. And I'm using this is crazy. I am using my passport, my actual passport with my actual birthday and age, as my ID to get into these clubs. And back then, they had no idea what to look for. And because I was confidently handing them my ID, they would just let me in. Fuck yes. So I was Fake going, it till you make it. Yeah, I was totally faking it. I was totally faking but, it. But yeah, a passport move, somebody's not going to take the time to like examine where that is. And if, you, if you're an out-of-towner, it's pretty cool. <laughs> let this foreign guy in. That rules. So I was, yeah, I was going to these clubs. And then I got really into going to these... Um, after parties and one of them is like start Sunday morning at the end up 
Okay. In San Francisco, famous nightclub. Amazing. It's still there. And I think they still do the Sunday morning party. Okay. And Can we go? <laughs> Can we revisit together? <laughs> and so, like, it's house music, techno. Mm-hmm. And then this one time, this song drops. And I'm like, oh, my, this, is, mm-hmm. this is better than anything that we had been listening to before. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be Grace Jones, mm-hmm. who I had no idea. Like, the only thing reference I had to Grace Jones was modeling and a Bond girl mm-hmm. in View to a Kill. <laughs> it's, I don't even know. Bond lady? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. Bond person. Bond, Bond person. <laughs> that doesn't sound right either. Yeah. Uh, she was a character in a Bond yes, film. There you go. <laughs> we found it. I like Bond person. Grace Jones is icon. She's just a vague person. And uh, I heard the song, and I tell you, I probably have never danced as hard as I did in the moment. That is so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I can envision it now. That's This song is so catchy. It's beautiful. She's an androgynous fucking icon to me, too. I'm obsessed with her. She's so cool. She's a cool person. She is a cool person. Uh, one last yes, thing. Yes. This song is now putting New York into my, like, mm-hmm. this that. song This song played. It was one of those moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I need to find out everything about this. A door showed up for you. A door opened. And, and it's like New York, disco, gay, like mm-hmm. this whole yes. scene. And then I had no idea, like. I had I thought San Francisco was the progenitor. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I had no cool. idea. Like this, had, this there's a history to all mm-hmm. this, and how interesting that history really is. Mm-hmm. And like this is the song that did that. So that this song actually brings back. Like I was like, oh, well, now all the house music makes sense. Like mm-hmm. every, like it was a huge moment. Oh my god, that is so cool. It's pull up to the bumper. Grace Jones, 1981 came out. Total fucking banger. Let's play it. Imagine imagine if you were on that dance floor and you heard this song for the first time. It'd be psychotic. Let's play it.
an amazing music video. And it's about, the song is about safe driving. Yes, yes that's exactly, it's about safe driving. <laughs> so the song is about safe driving, has nothing to do with anything else. I encourage you to look up the lyrics if you couldn't hear them. They're all about just using your blinker and <laughs> driving slow. <laughs> nothing else. Amazing. Um, that is so cool. And that totally just opened up a whole new chapter for you. You just found out about... You've just basically found out about New York as an idea yes. of, and what you could do to that city and how you could play a part in... in oh, like, compl- like, completely. Like, I was like, oh, I have to go to New York. And this is, this is ni- yeah, this is ni- ni- 92, 93. No one's doing... I mean, I don't mean to sound like that. No, but it's like, like prime club kid time. People are not going from San Francisco to New York. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York. Get out of here. So, like, now I'm, like, realizing, like, there's this other thing that still has this kind of tribal dance vibe. <laughs> tribal dance vibe. Tri- a tribal dance vibe. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, um, and I really get into funk music. When you get to New York, or no, 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 I'm still still right. in SF. Okay, but you're you're exploring this new unfamiliar. Yes, so now I'm kind of like like I, I kind of take on this like uh, John Cage idea. Like I was really into reading about music and stuff uh-huh. like that. I kind of take on this Cagean idea of like everything is ambience. Whoa! And <laughs> like uh, uh, now, like the Talking Heads are mm-hmm. starting to like come into my like. I was like, whoa! And, I would I would argue with people that the Talking Heads are the most punk band that ever existed, and like I was like started to like I didn't feel like I was caught up in 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 any kind of genre thing. You like, were exploring. I was like, I was like this it's all been blown up. Yeah. But I really got into funk, and I really got into the the character driven ideas of funk music, and mm-hmm. especially that of George Clinton. Mm-hmm. And I used to, like, make my own stickers and go around the city uh, posting up stickers about the return of the mothership and oh where God. are you going to be. And Amazing. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea you did that. That is so cool. Um, where are those? St- can we make those stickers now? I need one. Damn. Uh, yeah, so I, and then I would go to all, anything funk-related Mm-hmm. Or anything Parliament Funkadelic related. I didn't really... Well, I, I knew about some other stuff, but Parliament Funkadelic really meant something to yeah. me. And now hip-hop is really into... Like, is there. Dance music is definitely there. And then, like, this weird form of disco, this mm-hmm. proto-disco thing is there. Like, that's what's just going through me. And so now all the, all the rock and... Like, I leave rock... Like, rock was a huge... Rock and jazz was huge. Primus is miles away at this <laughs> like point. so far away. Yeah. And I'm talking, like, 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. You're just, like, thrown into the water when you're that young. You're just, like... Anything goes. My attention is changing every which way. I'm just imagining you walking down a street, and, like, things are just hovering and flying at you, and you're just looking at it and waving, and you're, like, grabbing what you want, and it's so sick. It's such an exciting time when everything's all new 
and you're just like totally taken aback, wide-eyed at every single thing that you get to hear. And then you just kind of like fine tune it from there. You pick what you want and then you just find like even common ground into different genres, which like I feel like funkadelic and something like that is more like it's very punk because it's so out there and so on its own and doing its own thing, but it's also super dancey. So mm-hmm. you're really into this dance music, but yeah. also you're into like individualism and like punk ethos in that way where it's kind of like I feel like is a interesting like mesh of two worlds. Yeah. Because um, it's so out there and so unique and so special in that way. George Clinton is so sick. So sick. Yeah, that, that rolls. I totally am, I can see it. And it's such a exciting thing to probably be that kid and like everything's just so out there and exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and in real time because you're like in the early 90s like going to these clubs and the after hours yeah. and everything's just like fully raw and released in that in real time totally and i i it was a it was a really big deal also because i was breaking away from my childhood like Mm -hmm. i was definitely like that that's like i think about this a lot like what if i didn't Mm -hmm. you know i've plenty of friends that that you know kind of just stayed the course and they're doing great and Mm -hmm. like they have a great life but i wasn't i just wasn't that I didn't want that. You have the different strain. Something. Yeah, we all, all of us that hang out have it. Because we just can't have the regular life. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. We just can't. It just, yeah. I don't know. I no shade against it. I honestly admire and love it as an idea, but I have tried it and I go insane. No, 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 no. And now I know what you're saying. Talking, yes. I, like, now being 46 and you look back and stuff. There are very few moments where I'm like, oh, I should have gone that direction. Mm-hmm. You trusted your gut and you I followed trusted, the fun. Yeah, yeah, I did. And, uh, and it worked out. It, it is working out. <laughs> yes. It is working out. That's amazing. I love it. Um, so, so we're at Parliament. Or we're, we're in the funk Wait, universe. Wait, do we not? Oh, we are in the funk universe. Yeah, we still haven't played the song. Oh. But we're just explaining how you found funk through Good. going to these clubs. Yeah. And you're still in SF, but yes. maybe we should play the song. I think we should play the song. You brought in Dr. Funkenstein by Parliament. Came out in 1976. I love this. This whole record is insane. Oh. Uh, Every song is so fun. It's so, like, I love... I put this record on all the time. The first 10 seconds of the song are so catchy. I like it. I put it on loop. I wish I could just hear it on loop. I wonder if there is some sort of hip hop beat that plays. I don't know. The first t- set 10 seconds of the song, I revisited it uh-huh. for this podcast. And I was like, it gave me chills. Uh. It's just so fucking amazing. It's amazing. I love it. Let's play it. They say the bigger the headache, the bigger the pill, baby. Uh, call me the big pill. Dr. Funkenstein, the disco fiend with the monster sound. The cool goo with the bum transplant. Hip bone connected to my thigh bone. My thigh bone connected to my leg bone. My leg bone connected to my ankle bone. I get so hung up on bones. Uh, Dr. Funkenstein here. Preoccupy and dedicated to the preservation of the motion of hips. We love to pump you, 
slipping, ego tripping, and body snatching. I'll blow your mind. Coming to you directly from the mothership. <laughs> Pulling up the last I'll leg of the feet pump. Got your sunglasses on out there. Yeah. 
Boom. We're back. Oh, that felt good. Oh, that felt good. Oh, that felt good. What is the line again? Uh, the bigger the headache, the bigger the pill. It's so sick. <laughs> First the lyric of that song. I love it. Uh, it's really, it's amazing. They're amazing. Uh, yeah. And they kind of explain the whole thing to you, so. Yeah. We but, already went yeah. through the whole thing. We don't have to go into more. We're already at an hour. Yeah, let's take a Whoa. sip of water. I know. Really? We can talk for hours, man. It doesn't even matter. So, so now this is 1994 and the San Francisco scene is getting a little crazy for me. And I'm like, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go find, I've got to go find where all this stuff has come from. And I fancy myself a little bit of a DJ now. Ooh. And so like I'm buying records. I'm doing gigs around San Francisco. And what was your DJ name? DJ Parts. Parts. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Not really. But <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. Um, and so now I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here. I'm going to, I've, I've made the decision that I'm going to New York. So you're. I get on a plane mm-hmm. with a backpack. Okay. And I go fly into New York and I land and I don't know anybody there or anything. And the first thing I do is I'm like looking around and there's one of there's a bus that says it's going to Grand Central Station. I was like, I've heard of Grand Central Station. Heard about that place. So I take the bus to Grand Central Station, and back then you were able to put your uh, backpack in a locker. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna put my backpack in a locker and I'm gonna go walk around. And I go walk around and I walk from Grand Central Station to Times Square, and then I'm like, oh. My my hostel's only 80 blocks to the north. Uh, why don't I walk up there and check in, and then I'll, I'll take the train down and pick up my bags and everything. Classic. I'm walking, mm-hmm. and I walk past one of these electronic stores that have, like, all this DJ equipment, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a record store in the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking, and I notice DJ Premier goes in there. And I'm like, fuck. I wonder what that is. And then so I go up to my hostel and everything and I'm like, I really got to get some hip hop records. I'm going to go back to that place. And I go back to that place and I ask the guy, what is the record that I need? And he pulls out two records. So he pulls out this Eric B record and he pulls out uh, a Craig Mack record. And the Craig Mack record is Brand New Flavor in Your Ear, which you could hear on the streets of New York that whole summer. Okay. That was the, that was the track. That's sick. And I got Eric B's president. Fuck yeah! Is it just a single or is this on an album? This is on an album called Paid in Full, but I bought the twelve inch maxi. Sick. Do you still have it? I still have it. Nice. Will you DJ with me sometime? Yes. Yes. We'll play that. And on the flip side is my melody, which is mm-hmm. also another great track. I don't know if I've even heard my melody. My melody. My melody. My melody. Yeah. Sick. Okay, well, let's play it. It's Eric B. for President by Rakim. I think it's the two of them together. Yeah. Um, but it's a great single. Let's do it. Let's do play it. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, clap your hands to what he's doing. Let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, fighting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't. 
holding back. I'm looking for the line, taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking in till I hit my last note. My mind remains to find all kind of ideas. Self-esteem makes it seem like a thought took years to build. But still say a rhyme after the next one. Prepared, never scared, I'll just press one. And you know that I'm the solo whistle. So Eric B, make a clap to this. Bug out of chill or be acting ill. No tricks in 86, it's time to build. Eric be easy on the cut, no mistakes allowed. Cuts to me, MC means move the crowd. I made it easy to dance to this. But can you detect what's coming next from the flex of the wrist? Say indeed, then I'll proceed, cause my man made a mix. If he bleed, he won't be no band aid to fix his fingertips. So I'm rhyming too, there's no rhymes left. I hurry up because the cut will make him bleed to death. But he's kicking it, cause it ain't no half stepping. The party is live, the rhyme can't be kept inside of me. Erupting just like a volcano It ain't the everyday style or the same old rhyme Cause I'm better than the rest of them Every B is on the cut and my name is Rock Kim Go get a girl and get soft and warm Don't get excited, you've been invited to a quiet storm But now it's out of hand cause you told me you hate me And then you ask what have I done lately you said all you want is love and affection Let me be your angel and I'll be your protection Take you out, buy you all kinds of things I must have got you too hot and burnt off your wind You call the attitude, you need food to eat up I'm scheming like a demon on the couch with my feet up You scream, I'm lazy, you must be crazy Thought I was a donut, you tried to glaze me Okay
sick. I didn't really know anything about this dude until recently, uh -huh. honestly, and I'm very excited to dive in more because I, in this past like year and a half, I've gotten really into like all I listen to now. I feel like is hip hop and like beats and like, and then I go into like really harsh punk. Like, I, there's like kind of nothing in between. It's either super mellow, like Mad Lib beats, right. and then like old school hip hop, and then finding all of the samples that they've used yeah, and yeah. listening to the original songs yeah, and like yeah, yeah. playing that game has been really fun for that, me. That is a good game. Um, and then I go into just like thrash punk where it's like D beat, and then there's no chill time for me. <laughs> I'm in one of those phases right now. But yeah, I'm I'm really into this. I went to Rap Cats like three weeks ago, and they had DJ Shadow had a record sale. He was like selling a bunch of his stuff, uh -huh. which I guess he does like seasonally. I didn't know if it was once a year or I'm something. Sure. But I bought a bunch of like I didn't know what any of these like little samples or um, twelve inches were, but I knew that anything there was gonna be cool. All right. Everything was under twenty bucks. I'm so excited like finding like. I'm into crate digging right now. Yeah. You know, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I had a good time. I mean, I, when I was buying record records, I would go to flea markets. Uh, back then, you know, you, Way could, different probably you could pull like 15 records and be like, five bucks, mm -hmm. you know? Now it's uh, kind of really saturated, isn't it? I think it was saturated then because there, like, there wasn't, uh, people were DJing with records yeah. back then. And then I think it totally dropped off. And now it's just. And then I think it's I think it's popping off again. Uh huh. Uh, but I could never. I, I like back then. Well, back then a a, a twenty dollar record is probably like a thirty five dollar record now. Mm -hmm. And I would always trip out like people would buy thirty five dollar records for one break yeah, one or one song. song. Yeah. And I'd be like, but the rest of this is trying. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel too <laughs> still. But also, I'm, I come from a different universe where I'm selfish in the way that I have access to the internet. Yeah. Where I don't necessarily have to put the money in to get one of those tracks. Right. If it is that crucial, I can just rip it off the internet or right. find it on... I, I'm always tempted to... I should be investing into records that I know that I'll play forever. Right. And... I enjoy, but it is some of them are so fucking expensive. Like a hundred dollar records, yeah. I can just play it off my phone if I'm very dry. Right. <laughs> but when I'm balling out of control, I definitely will. But um, well, I. That's technically your fifth song, but I did want to play this last one because it's so sick. And can it just still... be? A, can it just be an outro, and then maybe I'll come back sometime, and we can pick it up from there. Yeah, I'm down. I still have some more questions for you. But oh, you do? I do want to ask about. We haven't even talked about your '90s club kid scene in the in New York City. I know that'll be it for another time. What? We can't talk about it. We're in the moment right now. Please, you know. What? Okay, we'll go into in depth on another time, or just me and you hanging out. Okay. Because that's probably switching to, uh, switching to seventeen on that shit. Um, but I mean, you were in the thick of it, and I do want to talk about it a little. I bit. was. And what was your experience like? I went to disco i think it was disco 2000 mm -hmm. the michael ailey yeah uh i went to the limelight i went to the plant i went and this to, was in the thick of all that all when it was really popping yeah off. yeah i mean i remember when the when the village voice did uh the article about angel yeah yeah the guy that got chopped up yeah. in the box. yeah dude uh that was a little bit before my time 
If you were like 93, would you say that you were at these raves? In San Francisco, definitely, yeah. but in uh, New York, it was 94. Interesting. Would you dress up? And have no because I was from San Francisco, so like I had this, I had a very like. Uh, you were still a poet in your heart. I, it was like it was like this weird. You could only get away with its San Francisco look, which was kind of like punk hippie splash of rave look. Sick. <laughs> and I know that like getting into these were kind of hard, right? Yeah. Getting into these parties, did you befriend the right people and just did, you didn't have to wait in the line? I, I know that well, they would look at people and be like, no, so, sorry, you're too square. So I made friends with this guy. I can't remember his name right now. It's okay. But uh, he was a flyer kid. Mm-hmm. So What does that entail? So flyer kids are the kids that go out and prom- like yeah. hand out flyers uh-huh. and promote all the parties. Uh-huh. But they can come and go through the back door as they want. And I was friends with him, so he'd bring Sick. me into all these places. Um, my parents Sick. aren't going to listen to this, so I'll tell one story. Oh, my God, yes. I really... Tell me one... I know you have so many uh, fire stories. I'll give you one. Yes, dude. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm living... I'm so excited. I know there's good... So, this is, this, so this is right at the very beginning that I'm living in New York. And at this point, I am living at a hotel... Called the Gershwin Hotel. Okay, what and made you stay at this hotel? As so you, hotel? so like you get to New York and you, you're at the youth hostel, and then you find out if you start slowly finding out information about how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like, the youth hostel's too expensive. You should be living at the Gershwin. Yeah, and the Gershwin is the kind of place like you, uh, it's not unlike a ho- hostel. Mm-hmm. Like there's room, there's bunks. You're assigned a bunk. You can stay there for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, you have to leave for 24 hours, and you can stay for three more weeks. I'm still totally into the dance scene and everything. And I, at the Gershwin, you kind of make friends with people because no one has all that much money. So you spend a lot of time on the roof of this hotel, which is like this amazing view of the city, uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking. Mm-hmm. And I made friends with this guy from Germany, from Berlin. And this other guy, um, I think he was like uh, Sweden, and we called him the bit. It was Mike and the Bishop. Okay. And we're hanging out, and they're like, "We want to go out. We want to go out." And I'm like, "All right, let's go to the limelight." And we go to the limelight, and we're kind of having fun mm-hmm. and stuff, and things are happening. And uh, I have a bunch of weed on me. Uh-huh. And we're partying and having a good time. And then it's over. And I make friends with one of the dancers at the party. Cool. And she is like, come with me. Let's go to the after party. And I'm like, what? Because it's already, because this is New York. It's already four in the morning. It's like, this is New York. I'm like, what? Like, there's an after party? She's like, yeah. Come with me. If you pay for the cab, uh, I'll get you guys in. Nice. No problem. So we take a cab to downtown. Uh-huh. And now we're downtown uh, with all these huge buildings and everything. And we go to the back of this building and we go to the freight elevator of the back of this building. And we get into this nightclub and we go up. It takes us upstairs. And it's a nightclub. It's it's small uh-huh. and it's rocking and it's this is crazy. I'm like, fuck, where are we? This is These people are crazy. Like, I'm in a den of vampires right mm-hmm. now. This is insane. 
But I'm like also like really like into it. Curious. And in San Francisco, like you could go up to the DJ and like smoke a joint with them, mm-hmm. and like it, well, there was like they would talk, mm-hmm. like it was cool. And I was like, oh my god, that's DJ Kiyoki, <laughs> who you may or may not know who I'm talking about. Well, who is it for the, the so he, DJ Kiyoki was like the guy, like uh-huh. like a big mainstream uh-huh. DJ. Uh, who was also in the band Delight. Do you remember that band? I think so, yeah. Delight. Yeah. Sick. Um, so I would go up to him, and I was like, hey, man, do you want to smoke a joint? He's like, what do you have for me? And I was like, no, I got a joint. Do you want it? <laughs> he's like, thank you. <laughs> and he takes it and puts it in his pocket. Oh, my God, a gift. Oh, my God. You're like, um, all right. And so sure. I was like, all right, this is late. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thank you. That rules. I kind of want to listen to D-Line now. Um, okay, so this last song is The Bouncer by Kick Like a Mule. Kicks. Kicks Like a Mule. I'll never get it. I didn't know anything about this track or Kicks Like a Mule. Uh-huh. Anything, anything. Kicks Like a Mule is like an English saying about strong ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> right, the thing about this song was the hook is like... Your you're name? not on the list. Yeah, yeah, you're not coming in. Yeah, exactly. So I looked at it. I had no idea anything about this song. I looked it up. I At first, it says, your name's not, like, you're not getting in. Your, your name, name's not down. Yeah, you're not down. Your name's not down. You're not getting in. But there's an accent, and I was like, your name's not Dan. You're not coming in. And I was like, so if your name's not Dan. <laughs> What is this club full of Dan's yeah. or something? Uh, only Dan's. Yeah. Sorry, this is the Dan only club. But yeah, it's a great, it's also a really funny music video, but it's a great song. So I want to play it. And that's kind of like, there's a, we need to do a part two for, for your whole like yeah. trajectory, which is amazing. But let's play this song and we'll come back and we'll wrap it up. This is The Bouncer by Kicks Like a Mule. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. Not tonight, not, not tonight. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in.
tonight, you're not on the list. been really fun and have... somewhat therapeutic i have to say like <laughs> i haven't thought about that well there's a reason why i wanted to start with this chunk of my life because you know no, nothing about that yeah not really and i feel like we're really good friends mm-hmm. so i was i wanted to share that That's, with you i'm so thankful and grateful that you wanted to share it with me seriously thank you so much it's and maybe so some fun. of our other friends are listening I, right now i know and now they know too yeah exactly <laughs> i would hope that somebody would have to this um, but, um, let's see, totally changing the, the full universe of what we've been talking about is, I just got this job at a wine bar that yeah. I'm, I have to go to later today, which I'm nervous about. I, I know that you have a, a very fun, knowledgeable existence with wine. You're a fan of it. Yes. But it also, I feel like, is tied to food and cooking. Definitely. Um, and I know that you're a big, that's a big part of your life. Yes. You're very interested in it. You yes. always tell me about the really good restaurants, and I always like talking to you about cooking. I know that it's something that you enjoy doing very much as mm-hmm. like a, a hobby. And since you travel so much, you don't really get that much time to cook. So when you are home, mm-hmm. what is the thing that you're like, I'm going straight home and I'm going to make this thing? It's your heart and soul meal that you like to make. It's therapeutic. I'll give you two. Yeah. I'll give you my home home mm-hmm. in Walnut Creek when mm-hmm. I go there. Right. And I'll give you my home here. Yes. So if it is a Tuesday. Okay. Or I will wait until Tuesday to cook this meal. Mm-hmm. I love to go get sand dabs from the uh, farmer's market. Usually the one that's on. The Hollywood uh, one? No, the Silver Lake one. Hollywood one's good, but he's a little expensive. Yeah. Um, but what the is one a sand dab? Why can't I think of what that is? So sand dab is a flat fish. Yes, yes, yes. yes, um, yes okay. I think it also uh, Petroli Sole might be its other name. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So this is a this is a like it was a big dish in like when my grandfather would go you would go get sand dabs and they mm-hmm. would cook them at the table side, mm-hmm. and it was I was always told as as a kid this was my grandfather's favorite dish cute and so that kind of that sand dabs with i usually do like a little rice and a salad is like a real like matt little john meal i want to make that yeah it's fun cool 
Um, are sand dabs hard to find? No, they're super easy. Like here, that's that's one of the few fresh California fishes that you can get. Interesting. Like uh, at a market. Nice. Uh, consistently. I don't know if I've ever had it. White fish, real I, mellow. Nice. I usually do little capers and butter and Yum. lemon. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then home in Walnut Creek, mm-hmm. I will barbecue a chicken and make my mom's macaroni salad Yum. or my mom's cabbage salad. Yum. And this is kind of like um, a memory mm-hmm. uh, and a celebration of my mom uh, with my dad and my sister and the and the uh, nephews and everybody can all kind of sit around and mm-hmm. and it's kind of like uh, she's with us at yeah. the table for that. That's beautiful. And yeah, so those are those are like real home based family food. heart and soul meals. Yeah. I yeah. love it. What's your connection? Do you like have like a record or some type of music that gets you excited to cook or that you always kind of feel inclined to put on while you're in this zone? Recently, uh, I will put on all the Quasimodo records. Sick. Right? Kind of like me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we just swam uh, and we listened to it for like four hours. Yeah. Sick. Uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so that's like really cool background music. The other thing I like to listen, I think I listen to like country music too while mm-hmm. I cook. Like, you know... The Outlaws, Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. Merle Haggard, that, that kind of thing. I, for some reason, like, I like drinking red wine and listening to country music. Cool. <laughs> Not Bud Light? No, no, it's like totally, it's totally No, fun. I like it. I like it. That's cool. Um, but yeah, very exciting. Thank you so much for being here with me and chatting with me. It was so fun. I could do it for 400 more hours, which we probably will after we're done. But... I truly appreciate you. I love you so much. You are such an incredible, wonderful, legendary human being that I am so thankful I get to know. And um, honestly, we have to do a part two because I know that you're a big deadhead and we didn't even talk about any of that. Oh, God, no. We haven't talked about any of that. (laughs) Not even the word was mentioned, which I was kind of surprised by, but I didn't even put it in my notes. Well, it would have have taken... That's That's a whole different chapter. It's so dense. This onions, the peel back the layers. And guess what? I can link together rave... And Grateful Dead. Oh my God! So, to, so, to be, so to be continued. Yes, to be continued for real. I truly appreciate it. I love you so much. I hope you had fun today with me. I did. And my really hot house. You're the best. Until next time. Thank Peace. you for listening. Peace. Boom.